It's your biggest sports show on Saturday morning. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark and Fox Footy's Kat Flockman as they talk all things sport and tackle the big topics. So 4am, the question is, do you stay up or do you get up? No, there? no, 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 no. You get up. It's a yeah. Saturday night though, Kat. What are you going to do for three hours? <laughs> Order another pizza and that's another six beers. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Uh, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Kath, have you got some microphone issues? Are you connected now? Or... Am I on? Yes, Hey, I'm alive. Yes. <laughs> Welcome. Speaking of six beers, you yes. guys had a little bet on last night's yeah. football, didn't you? Thank you for bringing that up, Kath. Yeah. You we are welcome. had a little beer bet before yeah. the uh, before Please. the game last night. You yeah. sent out a text. We asked for our tips. You all went the Bulldogs. So yeah. I said Geelong. Yeah. Mm. Jay-Z said it felt like a little six-pack because we used to do it last year, Kath. We had a lot of six-packs mm-hmm. on uh, on the games. And mm-hmm. uh, I come in on you've football. come in. I haven't noticed any beers yet. Oh, last year, you would wait till you owe me a slab <laughs> and then come in with a slab under your shoulder. So um, let's be honest. It's about time you even the ledge. I thought, though, I mean, we'll get to this in a second, but I thought um, the dogs midfield would turn up. That's where they get the edge, but they were badly exposed early at either end. And you have been banging on about this. So is always the best analyst in the business, Joey, because you said at the start of the season, Monday, sure about their dogs. Now you look at their run home, oh, they, they, they look really vulnerable. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I don't yeah. think they're going to be in the September mix. You think they'll miss out now? I think, I think they're going to miss. Oh, I think it's a tough run home. Especially when you compare it to Geelong's run home. Correct. Oh, yeah. Cats are fine. Don't yeah. worry about them. Yeah. Why did you tip, so why did you tip the cats? Well, I, I went with the whole Marvel Stadium factor, I think, roof. with Bulldogs. Yeah. I went with the fact that the cats are the better team. I think that they are playing a better brand of football. Their numbers stack up. Um, you know, the, the, Their turnover game is better than the Western Bulldogs. Um, they've got the firepower in the front half. I just think they are, they are a better team. So that was the simple philosophy going into it. I know the dogs had beaten them you know, most of the time and certainly at Marvel, but I took that out of consideration. Just looked at the two teams. Cats, I think, are a better side. And I think last night they probably proved they are the better side, although for two quarters you could argue the Western Bulldogs played the better footy. We'll get into the footy a little bit mm. later on, but there's a lot going on, isn't there? Yep. I mean, you've got the French Open, you've got the cricket, the first test between New Zealand and England. That's been so fascinating. You've got the Platinum Jubilee, which I know you two are. I can't believe you what? just told what? us you've been right into the, the, the golden. I love it. The golden, I love the, the Royals. It's the Platinum Jubilee. The Platinum right, Jubilee. Joey. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. what have you been watching? Like You've been watching the Queen stand at the window and wave to everyone? Yeah. That's what you've been watching? Yeah. Fascinating. Wow. Yeah, when they come out onto the balcony, didn't you see little Louis? The idea, I and all the his, memes. I can't believe that, that made a big thing. He put his hands over his ears because the uh, aeroplane was too loud. It made news. I was like, wow. There have been some good, good memes from that. <laughs> I'm not a big Royals man. It's fair to say. Jo- so, Joey, you've come in with your chest out, real peacock style, because you tipped it last oh, week, and you wait. You I'm not done night. with the platinum juice. Oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. How long does it go for? Now, does it go all weekend? <laughs> Yes, it actually does. Back to your boring Sorry. footy question. No, Jay-Z. no, I'm just saying, I just want to, uh, this has been bugging me for a, a while now because your coffee order is the most compromising of all yes. time. It's a hot mess of a coffee order. What do you mean? Now, for our listeners, this is what, this Joey doesn't know whether he's up or down, honestly. This is his coffee. We, we sort of get and coffee And spare a thought for me who had to order it this morning. And you just want like a standard sort of latte, mate, or one sugar, whatever. This is Joey's coffee order. He wants a strong, skinny Latte with one sugar. Extra now, hot. Extra hot. Extra hot. <laughs> now, I feel, Kath, you're either your skinny milk I'm not fussy. Or, or you're your one sugar. I don't feel like you can have both, can you? Like, what, what's the point of going the skinny milk if you're then going to dump a sugar in it? Are you going the skinny milk? 
the pout you're giving me right now. <laughs> to make Are you feel... going the skinny milk because you think that's better for you? You do, don't less you? sugar? <laughs> you Jay-Z. Do. There's actually more sugar I in I know skin. that, yes. Kath. You, and I've told you, Jay-Z, I just don't like full cream milk. I never have. Even as a kid, I, I can't drink milkshakes or um, I never had, you know, the, the drinks, milk, big M drinks and all okay, that sort of I stuff. I don't I, like any full cream yeah. milk. So you obviously you weren't a big fan of the protein ones either. No, nah. I, didn't, I didn't have pro- the protein drinks post-game. I couldn't drink them. I didn't like it. I think you need to change your tack, though. If you've got yeah. a really complicated coffee order, yeah. you order it when you are ordering your own coffee, but when someone else goes and gets you a coffee, you just say, oh, just a latte. That's it's why latte. I left out the extra hot for you. I didn't want to be It was too. still the strong, skinny, with one <laughs> yeah. latte. Yeah. yeah. Oh, from anyway. now on, I'll get my own coffee. Fine. <laughs> I feel like we've covered all bases this morning. Let's get into the footy. What a game it turned out to be at Marble Stadium last night. Geelong with a 13-point win over the Western Bulldogs. Early signs suggested it was going to be a bit of a lousy contest. The Cats kicked seven goals to the Dogs, one in the opening term. But Bevo's boys worked their way back into it in the end. Too little, too late. Jeremy Cameron finished with six goals. The Cats into the top four. But, Joey, explain to me what happened in that first term. Well, in the first term, the dogs got smacked in the mouth and they weren't ready for it. They weren't expecting it. They weren't up for the fight. It's interesting now you think about it, and Jay-Z, there is a history with it. They played West Coast last week, the Western Bulldogs, won by 100 points. Mm, There was a bit of a a walk in the park. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you get... You, you can lull into it, not a little sense, false sense of security, but you're just not quite as sharp and as ready as you should be. I mm-hmm. think Leroy happened to the Brisbane Lions earlier in the year, didn't it? They they won a game by 100 points. And Against then, the Kangaroos, and then lost to Geelong the next lost week. Lost to Geelong the next week. So Even last week's slow start. Yep. So um, I, I think that they just weren't ready for what Geelong dished up to them. And by the time they realised, geez, we've, we've got to sharpen our game here. It yep. was seven goals to one. And as Kath said, it was too little, too late. Credit to the Cats. I think Sam DeConing, extraordinary centre back. We'll, we'll get to the rising oh. star maybe a little bit later, but if he's not the favourite, I mean, so he's just outstanding airily back there. Jeremy Cameron put him on a pedestal. He was superb last night, kicking six goals. His left foot kicking was outstanding. But tell the aerial battle, right, the Bulldogs were embarrassed in the air in that first quarter. They were dominated from the get-go at either end of the ground. I want to listen to, to Luke Beveridge, particularly on what he thought about the Ford mix. Get your thoughts on what they do about um, that key position issue. We're not over the moon with uh, with the, with our output as far as the scoreboard side of it goes because we had enough entries. Look, I think the, the face of our Ford line will continue to change, uh, the complexion of it, depending on form and 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 guys coming back from injury. I couldn't tell you, you know, exactly what it's going to look like in, you know, two weeks' time when we come back from the bye. So they doubled Geelong centre clearances, Joey, 15-8. For inside 50s, they won pretty comprehensively, 57-48. But they couldn't they couldn't take a grab and they couldn't convert on the scoreboard, well, particularly we, early. What do they do, Joey? We, we know it's been an issue all year. It's, mm. it's Norton or bust, and, and that has been the case, unfortunately. And... We keep harping back. Everyone forgets how important Josh Bruce is to that forward line. He kicked over 50 goals last year. Reading between the lines with Bevo there, they are desperate to get Josh Bruce back. I yeah. think he's going to play a VFL game in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So he will be back you know, a bit later on, maybe three or four weeks' time. Couldn't come soon enough. If they are to play finals, they need Josh Bruce there and, and getting into some pretty good form pretty quickly because otherwise it's just too much left to Norton. And when he gets beaten, they get found out. So it's an impressive win, especially given the fact that Tom Stewart was subbed off yes. with concussion concerns early on, and we know how important he is to Geelong's defence. Um, but the Cats had the bye now, don't they, Jay-Z? So yep. he shouldn't miss a game. Let's talk about Sam DeConing, though, yep. because this Aaron Norton-DeConing matchup was highly anticipated, spoke about all week, kept Norton to one goal. I mean, 
did he blow you away with his performance last night, Joey? Oh, he was he was so cool last night. Like he's just cool and calm. He doesn't panic. He wins contest. He he's tough. He's brave. Look, he's everything you want in a young player, and he just continues to impress. Like on a big stage, Friday night, a lot of hype, um, and, and a, a terrific opponent in Aaron Norton. Then he took the ch- chocolates. I, I agree with you, Jay Z. I know we've spoken about John Newcomb. I yep. know, I know he's been super this year, but I think every single week that we watch Sam DeConing play, he's getting better and better. And I would think right now he'd be the favourite for the Rising Star. We talk a lot about St Kilda spearhead Max King, but in terms of and Oscar Allen at West Coast, in terms of a, a young key position player in the competition, Sam DeConing just looks about as exciting, albeit as a defender, as anyone going around. Chris Scott, his senior coach, was absolutely thrilled with his performance last night. The last four to six weeks, we've been pretty undermanned and we've been really impressed as a coaching group and a club with the resilience of the guys that have been out there. So specifically, we were really going into this game with one key defender and it was going to be a great battle no matter what against Norton and DeConning. We were always going to go that way, but then when we lost our best player at quarter time, it looked like um, being a real challenge for that back half. For big parts of the game, it felt to us in the coach's box as if we'd lost control. So it was a stressful night. And they're only going to get better, the Cats, after the bye. They've got a pretty good run home, as you Very touched on, Cat. They're going to get some players and a lot of players back from injury. Up to six of their best 22 will be back in the side. Yeah. And Dangerfield comes back after yeah, the bye. And one more thing. If teams are just going to let Jeremy Cameron run around and put no work into him and let him do what he wants, he will carve you up like we've seen. He's now kicked 34 goals in their eight wins, Jay-Z. He's such a difficult but matchup, though. He isn't kicked, he? He's kicked four goals in their four losses. You need to put mm. some work in him, put some time into him, set a player an assignment to take Jeremy Cameron out of the game because he is such a barometer for the Cats. He's, he's a superstar. And if yep. you let him run around and do what he did last night, he's going to kill you every time. You mentioned their good run home uh, just before we head to a break. They're a good chance of finishing in the top four because after the bye, they'll have 10 regular season games remaining and only four of those are against top eight teams. Yeah. They play West Coast twice, not Melbourne. They'll be there again. Yep. You yeah. just The story will be, can they get it done in the big dance? And I think Patrick Dangerfield's fitness and his ability to perform on the big stage will be a huge storyline this September. What about the drama last night yep. at three-quarter time? Yep. Bailey Smith reported for headbutting yep. Zach Tui. Yep. Good to see both of them shake hands, have a laugh and a smile and a friendly yep. chat post-game. Yep. Didn't appear to be any hard feelings, but it is not a good look when someone headbutts someone. No, Bailey Smith um, and the, the MRO will come out later today or they'll get together later this afternoon and have a chat about it. But I can't see any other um, outcome than a two-match suspension, two-week holiday for Bailey Smith. Now, it, this is clear-cut. So under the um, the table of offences, there is a specific one, Joey, for headbutting, right? Oh, really? And you go through you go through the table. Intentional act, clearly. Where does he get him? High. What was the force? I'd say medium. Drew blood on the forehead. You see Zach Tui goes to ground, right? Grabs his, his forehead. And um, it is quite that, – that, that's a, a two-match two ban. So because it's a non-football act, it's off the ball. It's one of those – I'm not saying dirty things, but, you know, it's like punching or pinching or kicking or something like that. There, there is a um, lower – threshold for that sort of stuff. Like if you're contesting the footy, accidents can sort of happen. But when this happens off the ball and it's a Liverpool kiss, as you say, a headbutt, 
the game is absolutely obliged. It is compelled to come down strong. So intentional, high, medium impact. That's your two-match suspension for a Bulldog side, which we now know Marcus Bontempelli is carrying a sore shoulder. Ryan Gardner has hurt his wrist as well, Joey. So um, they're down a man. But two-match suspension for a headbutt, I think that's a, a, this is a really clear-cut, easy one, Joey. Hard to, yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Uh, as you said, if it's a table of offence, that's what it comes to, then that's probably – he doesn't have much of a defence, I wouldn't have thought. So that seems pretty obvious, which is unfortunate for him because he's probably been their best player, particularly in the last six to eight weeks. Yep. He's been their best player. He, I thought, was instrumental in their comeback with his hard running during mm. that second, those second and third quarters. So that's going to be a huge blow for the dogs. Who have they, have they got? Who have they yes, got? Those they two got games? the Giants um, next week at uh, Giants Stadium, and then Hawthorne at uh, Marvel Stadium. So a big couple of weeks for the Bulldogs. The only thing I would say in this, Kathy, is that in that exchange, in the fire exchange, Zach Tui. Um, does seem to be the aggressor. He, do, he does ignite it at the start, and mm-hmm. he leans forward with his for, with his head at the start. So they might have a look at that. Whether it's misconduct, I'm not sure. But he sort of prompts it, and then Bailey Smith just comes in the top and goes too hard. Now Zach too, he hit the ground um, and clutched his forehead, drew blood. He did try and square it up a little bit. Back to the old players' code, Joey. After the game, this is thanks to Fox <laughs> Footy, Leroy. No, no, it was just handmade. Um, emotions were obviously getting the better of both of us. Um, I think I was pulling and dragging out of him as much as he was me, so there's, uh, there's not much in it. When the game gets so close and given we had a big lead, kind of cut back to a small margin, emotions get high, so there was uh, all love at the end. Come on, Zach, you headbutted you. <laughs> yeah, in saying that, I do love Zach too. Yeah, we all He's do. A legend. Good plug. Uh, Greg Rust is coming up next, and you, you, Jay-Z, you are pumped to talk to Rusty this morning. What's this big question you want to ask him? Mm. Let's start asking the hard questions about Daniel Ricciardo. Mm. Okay. Nice. All right. You are locked and loaded, ready to go. That's coming up next with Rusty. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joey, Jane, and Kath. The Dead Set Legends, Triple M. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Good morning, Rusty. Now, usually I ask the first question, but Jay-Z mm. has said to me, not today. Well, I am dying to talk to Rusty, so Rusty. take it away, Jay-Z. Rusty, there's a big fat elephant in the room on Daniel Ricciardo, mate. And I don't want to say, Joey, that I was ahead of the curve. But you told us on so. this issue. But, and, I, and, I, and I feel but you know, I don't want to kill Bambi. We'll have Daniel Ricciardo. I'm sounding a bit un-Australian here. But the absolute pressure is mounting. Now, another failure at Monaco. I think he finished... 13th or thereabouts. He was never a serious threat in this race. His McLaren teammate, Lando Norris, continues to outperform him. And now Jacques Villeneuve, a former um, F1 driver, basically says that he's done and dusted at the end of this season. Do you think that Daniel Ricciardo is going to remain in the orange car beyond this season? Because it feels like, mate, he is absolutely driving for his career over the next couple of months. I think, um, I mean, the final part of your statement is probably the most um, critical in that I don't think it's been decided yet and what happens in the coming races will be pivotal if you can turn it around. So as of this morning, Dan says, I'm just going to box on here. McLaren say they are going to persist. To your point about Jacques Villeneuve, he says that, um, you know, to have someone uh, on the books like that, if he's not matching Lando week in and week out, means that you're not developing the car at the same rate. So, mm. so Jacques feels like it's actually costing them, right? Mm. Now, Ralph Schumacher, Michael's brother, is also a, a, a pundit in the pit lane in Formula One. He's been uh, talking on German television about rumours that, that Dan might be done at the end of the year, and that's, a, that's 12 months ahead of the end of his, his current contract. Can I just say, you do not lose your ability to drive these cars overnight, right? This bloke, 
oozes positivity and we owe it to him to send a bit of that tonic back his way. So clearly the sharks are circling here. I don't like that on a, on a personal basis. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we're all measured on, on ratings here on what we do on, on the M's and so on. So we've got to perform. And it, it's clearly the same for him. Yeah, and he's... He hasn't lost his ability overnight, Jose. He's no incredibly way. popular. He's an absolute legend of a man. All right, can I just hypothetical quickly? If he did get the lemon and sass from McLaren at the end of the year, do you think he would have other lesser teams like Haas or you know, Alpha Tauri, for example, looking to pick him up? Or do you think if McLaren cut him, is his time in F1 done and dusted? I, I debated this over a couple of lemonades last night with some mates, right? <laughs> hypothetically, what would you do? Now, He's got so much talent, I can't see him going to a lesser team to see out his time in Formula One. He does spend a bit of time in the United States, as you guys know. That's been covered in Drive to Survive and so on. I I could see him potentially settling into the American racing scene somewhere. Mm. He's still got a lot to offer. The flip side to my comment here is that he would bring a lot to the table for another team. So... The problem is that some of those teams would be needing would be needing cash. They would be needing a sponsor, and Dan would be coming with a, you know, a, a fairly hefty um, uh, paycheck requirement. So that's the that's the challenge for the lesser team. So yeah, I, I can't see him hypothetically seeing out his time with the lesser team. That's I don't think that's him. Yeah, I agree with that. That was an interesting uh, first question. I'm going to go back to my question though, and that is yes. Monaco. Mm-hmm. Because yes. surely this cannot be punted from the Formula One schedule, Rusty. Not before you and I go there and enjoy the race, Kath. With exactly. On the ends. Um, okay, so I think if we peel back the onion layers a little bit here, the contract for that event is is up. Uh, there's a few little things that are a bit a bit messy. So so the event has its own watch sponsor, the Formula One. Um, team have their their own watch sponsor. So there was a clash of that last weekend. They have a rare thing in their agreement which lets them use some of their own television people on the ground there. And we're used to the real world-class quality people that come with the the F1 broadcast. So there's a bit of niggle about that. I I think they'll try and uh, iron that out. There's great support, Kath, from the drivers. If if we tried to stage this anywhere else in the world, you'd just get a, a, a flat no. But this is Monaco. It has so much history. It has to start. It's a part of the fabric of the sport. Don't worry. I'm, I'm working on it. Rusty will be there next year. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 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 Legends. I'm coming. Hey, Rusty, appreciate your time. Good on you, Rusty. It's been a heavy start to the morning, guys. I'll have a little coffee. Thanks, Jason. When, when are you on the current affair, mate? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sunrise first, then the current affair. Good luck. See you, guys. Thank you, Rusty. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Uh, it was a very good question you asked, Jay-Z, because you've been on this for a couple of oh, years. That- so... I was interested with Rusty's comments. He yeah. said, you don't lose your talent overnight. So then why is he driving so poorly? He's failed to adjust to the car. So it's got a unique braking system, the McLaren, and for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to adapt. Then your, your confidence uh, gets questioned Yeah, cool. it must bit. be confidence for sure. Yeah. But yeah. There, there, is some, there is a braking issue, which is unique to the McLaren, and it hasn't worked out uh, well for him, Jake. While you're on a roll, yes. let's keep going with some other big news because I yeah. want to ask you about the netball and what's yeah. happened with the Super Netball Grand Final. One of the biggest stories in Australian sport, if not the biggest this week, was a controversial decision, Kath, from Netball Australia to um, essentially um, change the the, um, the grand final venue. So traditionally, it would obviously go to the highest-ranked team. They made a call to um, sell it to the WA government. So the Netball Australia, the uh, Suncorp Super Netball Grand Final, the Premiership decider, will be played in Perth, regardless of the West Coast fever and where they finish. Now, the players were absolutely up in arms in this, saying they failed to be consulted in the process and it Wait, compromises. Who finished top of the ladder? 
There's, it's two weeks out from finals. So oh, it's still, okay. so still, to, be it's still to be decided. But obviously, under normal circumstances, you want the top team or the highest uh, placed team to be able to host the grand final on the home court. That's fair. We get that. And the players were absolutely filthy about it, saying it compromises the integrity of the competition, which it probably does. But what this argument and the reaction doesn't take in is that netball is in dire straits financially. Mm. So they sell this, the grand final, for about, I don't know, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars $600,000. Now, for a sport that's $4 million in the hole or relying on $4 million of bank loans, gets to a point, Joey, where the game has to make some hard decisions. Yep. Look at all of world sport over the last few years, COVID impacts, etc. The AFL's been in Perth. It's been in Brisbane. The players suck it up. Why is this so different? If you're going to be critical, though, yep. why couldn't they have announced it earlier? Decided to do this at the start of the season, yep. saying before we get underway, yep. big news regarding the grand final, yep. we're going to sell it off or do you know what? going to Perth or where. The, the thing is, this sort of thing does take time and it was a big decision, right? So they haven't rushed into it early. Yes, the financial implications and, and crisis around it has been around for a while and maybe the process wasn't perfect. I think that part could have been tidied up, bring the players more into the decision. But I think when you are absolutely um, on notice from, from the auditors and from the banks, then if you get a $600,000 check that is then given back to the players and the clubs, $100,000 in prize money, it's reinvested back into the um, junior ranks, I just think suck it up. Can we have a listen to Netball Australia CEO Kelly Ryan, uh, Leroy, and her comments, she painted it perfectly this week. The reality is Netball Australia is in a really difficult financial position. If we stop reinvesting in this sport, then it'll close up. We can cut all the expenses out of it. We can stop our pathway programs and our diamonds activity, but this sport then won't exist in another couple of years. So the ability to take this partnership with WA government gives us the opportunity not only to help provide much-needed funds into Netball Australia, but it helps give us the opportunity to reinvest in some of those funds. Yeah, I think that was well summed up because mm. no doubt there's some slight integrity comprom- compromise yeah. with the you know the home team probably not getting yeah. the grand final, but the players need to look at the bigger picture of the sport. Yes. The bigger picture is far more important yeah. than the short term. You know who's going to have home court advantage for a grand final. I understand the players would be frustrated. But you need to look at the bigger picture. Super Bowl, Joey. Where does the Super Bowl be every played year, every week? Yeah. Different venues. When it she happens. says the sport won't be around in yeah. a couple of years if we keep going on this trajectory, yeah. well, then that explains it, doesn't it? Do the players want to have their home court advantage? And then, But we'll take nope. off the prize yeah. money. Let's see how that goes down. Yeah. I don't want to – I just think that it needs to be taken in context, Kath, and it yeah. hasn't been this week, I feel. Good point. The Dead Set Legends. Put that in the book. Saturday scoreboard. Uh, Saturday scoreboard, plenty happening, but we want to start with the boxing, uh, Jay-Z well, and Kath. On that, we actually have some breaking news what? out of the weigh-in. So Haney has made weights, Cambosis has not. So this has Ooh. happened in the last 10 minutes or so. Chairperson of the Combat Sports Authority, Simone Bailey, has an official figure of 135.36 pounds. 0.36 above the light weight limit. George Cambosis Jr. will have two hours to make the weight. So he's got two hours to lose 0.36. How do you do it? Treadmill, sauna. Sauna. Yep. Um, Go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There'll be. (laughs) But this is massive because, as we're going to talk about, as you said, the George Cambosis. V. Devin Haney, this is the biggest fight in Australian history that yeah. we've probably ever... 50,000? 50, 50,000 at Marvel Stadium tomorrow. Yep. Both undefeated. And this is for the 
uh, undisputed champion of the world that yep. unified all four belts lightweight. Do you know any in since 2004, only seven fighters in all divisions have actually been the undisputed world yep. champion, having all, really? all four belts. Like yep. he's very, very rare. And one of the fighters that wins will have the the you know undisputed all four belts. So this is massive. Yep. So and this just adds a bit of drama, doesn't absolutely it? Absolutely, it does because um, this is going to be an absolutely great fight. Well, to take this, they're having to sort of weight cut now a day before the fight when you need all your energy and that. Like it's you know it would but they do it all the they time. They do it anyway. They? they weight yeah. cut anyway. But so it, mean, it just needs to weight cut a little bit more. But it just means for the next twenty four hours he's on the lettuce leaves, isn't he? Like he's not he's not having a no like no once no, you no, get, no. once you get weight oh, in, that's it. then you, oh, then okay. you can put it all back oh, on. Sorry, yeah. sorry. It is okay. a unique. It's a unique thing about yeah, yeah the, the, these combat sports, whether yeah. it's UFC or boxing, they have to shred, try yeah. and get underweight, then they go and put on two Light or three up. kilos. Then they can drink the some water yeah. and eat some but, um, It's going to be a huge fight. Looking forward to it. You of got course, a tip? Devin Haney. Well, Haney's the favourite. Yep. Um, I've seen a little bit of his stuff. So think Floyd Mayweather, the way he fights. They think he's he, he avoids getting hit. Moves. He's got a beautiful, beautiful technique, but yeah. maybe he doesn't have that killer knockout punch. Uh-huh. But George Cambosis uh, is a bit of the outsider, but he's 20 and zip. And in front of his crowd, maybe you think he can get home and win it. That'd be big. We're be all one. getting behind ferocious Cambosis, surely. Yep. What about the NBA game one yep. yesterday? Did you catch any of that? I did. I watched Jay? it. That was unbelievable. That fourth quarter. The turnaround. So Golden State, Boston uh, in the NBA finals. Golden State going into the series as favourites. They're up by 15 points midway, almost late in the third quarter. Looked Warriors, like they were yep. going to take game one. Yeah. And Boston going a 40 to 16 run in the fourth quarter Unbelievable. To win. I'm a Celtics fan, so I'm cheering him. But Al Horford Big played, Al. played the last quarter of his life. He couldn't miss. He's hitting mid-range. He's pulling passes out of his, you know what? It was an extraordinary uh, last quarter from him. And Derek White, who I think is a yeah. 30% three-point shooter, he couldn't miss either. So they caught fire. I just wonder from here whether these Boston lesser lights can deliver to that standard. I'm not saying they fluked it. And Boston is my team, but I'm just wondering: can these, guys, can the fourth and fifth guy play to that standard again? I'm not sure. I mean, I thought it was. Gee, the- but Jason Tatum couldn't have played any worse, and they still won. Boston superstar. Oh, I think the whole series is flipped now. I think Boston right now are the favourites. Absolutely, Do you? yeah. Wow. After seeing that performance yeah. yesterday, they shot nine threes in that fourth quarter, which is an NBA Finals record. Yep. Was that uh, the most lopsided fourth quarter in NBA yeah, Finals history? Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it was. That was um, that was phenomenal. So Steph Curry shot the lights out in the, the first, first quarter. first quarter and the first quarter in a bit. And then uh, it was pretty quiet after that. So game two's tomorrow. Yep. You'd think Golden State Warriors, well, they have to level it up one each. If yep. they go zip two down at home, yep. I think it's kaput. They'll, they'll yep. miss out on their fourth championship in eight years. But great series now. I think it sets up for yeah. probably – it's probably going to go seven, seven games, I reckon. I think the Warriors in seven still. If the Celtics can get up now – I mean, they said that the Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, two sort of small four types, couldn't play together. Haven't they debunked that theory? And the role-playing, the lesser lights, the defense just makes for a phenomenal – Team bond chemistry yeah. at Boston. They're coming up against the awesome firepower. And what about the French Open? We have to touch on that. Rafa Nadal through to his 14th French Open final. Have you seen some of the highlights overnight? Oh, I just woke up to a few Twitter clips. It's ridiculous. What did you see? He's just Rafa looking Being like Rafa. he's 25. Yes. Yeah. And. Still, so, unfortunately, still dominating yeah, Roland Garros. Unfortunately, Alexander Zverev went out with a bad ankle injury. He couldn't continue to play, so mm-hmm. that got th- uh, Nadal through. He's going to play Kaspar Ruud, a 23-year-old Norwegian. I think the first Ooh. Norwegian ever to play in a Grand Slam final. Exactly. I never Basically, heard of put it. Yeah. This way, put it this way. In Rafa Nadal's 13 French Open wins, finals, I think this is probably going to be right. his easiest, okay. I would think. Strikes and that would take him to 22 titles. means Djokovic is still stuck on 20. Yep. With Roger Federer, does this make – if he wins this, Nadal, does this make him the greatest of all time? The greatest Ooh, tennis player yeah, of all time. Yeah, the greatest time. tennis player of all time. 
Or is it still Federer? Even though he's got more titles now than Federer, he's going to skip away. Yeah, well, can we only, can we only have this discussion once they've all retired? Possibly, yeah. Because mm. Djokovic has still he has got dominated time. But clay, Rafa. That's well, this will be his only... 14th yeah. French Open win if he wins it. Call it the Nadal Open now. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, there's plenty happening, and we still haven't even touched on some of the cricket and some other bits and pieces and State, State of, of origin, origin, which we might touch on a bit later in the show. Yep. Yes, game one, Wednesday night, isn't it? Triple M's Dead Set Legends. The limo's yeah. here. Yeah. Limo. Hey, now, guys, I have to pick you up on something you said. Wonderful to be here, by the way, mm. as always. I mean, John Newcomb is still favourite for the Rising Star, surely. I would have thought of two weeks ago he was a breakaway leader, but Sam DeConing's closing Did very quickly. Did you see DeConing mm. last night, though, Limo? No. I know you're a proud no. Hawks man. Hawthorne weren't playing, didn't watch. Is John Newcomb <laughs> your best midfielder at the Hawks? Do you think he's your best mid? Uh, at the Yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah 100%. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. No wonder they tried to break the draft rules last year for him. Oh, don't get me started on that. You throw your mind back to last year and remember my rant about oh. the Sydney. Remember the Sydney Swans complained oh, about that? That's right. Yeah. The irony. Yeah, and the they Sydney changed the Swans. rules. They changed the rules. Yeah, Broke the system, Lemo. The Sydney Swans have rorted this competition <laughs> for decades. <laughs> One thing doesn't go their way, and oh, everyone's against us. <laughs> uh, but it is uh, great to be here. Great Fresh from Auskick this morning. I've got the young fella in the studio with me who just denied that Auskick it. <laughs> there he is. He's alive and well. That's not yeah. him crying. He's can happy. You, no, can you he explain happy. what happened? Because, Joey, you said... I brought him into the studio. Yes. And, and Joey said, what have you been doing this morning? Because he does karate. He does a lot of sport. He, does, yeah, karate, he said, no, I haven't done any sport. <laughs> and I said, mate, we've just been at Auskick for an hour. <laughs> he, did, he did justify by I've saying it's not, a real, he said, <laughs> it's not a real sport, Auskick, right. is what he did say. He's and probably he's, he, right with that. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's strutting around now knowing that we're talking str- about him. He's strutting around. And he just said, I've done none sport, which I'm going to have to take up with Clifton Hill Primary School. <laughs> 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 not sure how that's working out. <laughs> Hey, now, you guys were just talking about the French Open before, and God, mm. how good was it to see Rafa beat Novak Djokovic? Yeah. That, mm. yeah. that brought me a lot of joy, I've got to say. But is a tennis players getting worse? What do you mean? Are they get, in this tournament alone, right, we've seen Rublev smash a ball into the referee's mm. uh, box, which nearly took it, oh, took off the head the, of a temper's of getting the worse, court sweeper. Yes, the temper's yeah. getting worse. Alex Dimonor literally complained about the crowd making eye contact. No. I mean, <laughs> no, he, how, he did. He said the crowd, they were staring straight at me. Luke said he complained about, he used the words eye contact. Oh, I haven't heard that before. Oh, and it's amazing. like, mate, you, you're joking me. Oh. The who the female tennis player, Irina Begu or something like that, threw a racket onto the ground. It flew into the crowd and hit a kid in the head. Mm. This has all happened in the French Open. Yes. There's that bloke, Holger Rune, who refused to shake the hand of his opponent. At Saw the, that. What is going on? They need the mm. descent rule in tennis. I'll tell they you need what. the descent rule. They need... Oi, keep your pipe down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but I don't want to stereotype, but a tennis player's a bit bit bratty or... Like, yeah, is that just a little bit? A tennis just player's a, little bit. a bit bratty. Yeah. What? Have I gone unders? <laughs> oh, mate, you have gone well unders. They yeah. need to pull their heads in. Maybe they need yes. a little spray from you, Lemo. I'd love to give them... You know what I'd love to see, Kath? And mm-hmm. I genuinely would love to see this. Just give me one tennis tournament where the crowd can say whatever they want, whenever they want. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. Just the crowd firing yes. up, screaming heckles as a bloke is serving. Yeah. That would sell out, I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. Like the Phoenix golf. Yeah, the, yes. the party hole. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, they have one hole in golf where that happens, yeah, which yeah. is that one, which is great. Which is the best hole in golf. Which is the best <laughs> hole in golf. Give me a whole tournament. Yeah. All right, guys, what I want to talk about today. Toughest sport in the world. Yeah. Let's go around the room. Yeah. Tell me what you think it is. Let's start with you, Joey. 
think it has to be the AFL, doesn't it? Australian rules oh. football. Oh. Are we meaning? Yeah, you know, like how physical it is. No pads. The Americans can't yeah. believe we don't wear pads. Yeah. The, the skill yeah. level with a round with an oval shaped ball. Sorry, yes. you know, trying to. Look. Yeah, so That's the one pretty, you played, the one I played. Yeah, and yeah, it's a pretty difficult sport to play. Mm-hmm. It's a t- it's a tough sport. Tough sport. Yeah, Jay, I, I reckon the medieval jousting. You know how they go with the, <laughs> on the horses? They line up with yeah. the big sticks. Yes. How tough would that be? Oh, no, you're covered oh, in armour. It's easy. No, I I win here. UFC. A UFC. UFC. Oh, yeah. That's got to be the toughest oh, no, sport. I don't know. I'd yeah. rather cop an elbow to the head than a jousting stick to the head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to say, no, the toughest sport in the world and the uh, world championships are happening right now, or they just finished actually yesterday, mm. in America, the International Spelling Bee. Oh, that is the toughest sport <laughs> in the world. I actually saw yeah. highlights from this. Oh, my God. Well, let's. this is the winner. Harini Logan, her name is. She's 14 years of age. Have a listen. This is so... They get a word, they have to spell it, then they hit a buzzer, which means you go on to the next word. This is her mopping up, right, at the end and winning the tournament. Then have a li- It's a big crowd, too. <laughs> have a listen to the crowd go nuts at the end. But see if you can spell a single one of any of these words. Malbrook. M-A-L-B-R-O-U-C-K. Ornithorhynchus. O-R-N-I-T-H-O-R-H-Y-N-C-H-U-S. Nyandabai. N-A-N-D-U-B-A-Y. Moorhen. M-O-O-R-H-E-N. I, and that's uh, that's her winning the tournament. Well, they, they weren't English <laughs> words. What 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 what, 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 what did language any of them they, mean? What language I, are they speaking? Joey, you're with me. I had not heard of one of those single words. What's a mob? What's a mob? All of a sudden, I feel like I need to do Billy Madison, like go back to you one, start all over again. I uh, said seriously, I still struggle with whether tomorrow has two M's or two yeah. R's. <laughs> and there's a 14 year old smashing that. Uh, now this is a long clip, but I'm just going to play you the word. This is the six year old. Have a listen to the word he got a few years back. Pneumono ultramicroscopic silico volcano coniosis. Okay. P. All right, stop it there because he actually gets the word right. That clip goes for about a minute and 10 seconds. I've forgotten the word. What was the word again? I have no idea. I don't know. Don't ask me. I think it's like $70,000. $50,000. So that 14 year old for spelling. I mean, mum and dad would be happy with those Mm. long hours at the library now. But uh, congratulations to Harini Logan, our world spelling champion. Well Well done. done. Thank you, Tim. Well done, Lemo. Lemo. Great to see you, as always. See Thanks you. for Laddie uh, coming in. Oh, <laughs> see you, Laddie. That <laughs> was Joey, everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, coming up in the second hour, Crows coach Matthew Nix. You're going to ask him about Tech's contract future, no yes, doubt. I am. I knew you were going to. Mm-hmm. Also, we'll look ahead the big game at the MCG tonight, Joey. Melbourne, Melbourne Sydney. Sydney. Yep, big one. Would you tip the Swans? Nope. Yeah, you did. I no, I didn't. But in the Herald Sun newspaper, it says I did. Oh, but well, you anyway, tip the Swans I'll, then. No, yeah, yeah, well, technically <laughs> I have. Uh, that's all coming up in the next hour. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joe, Jay and Kath. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark and Fox Footy's Kath Lockman as they talk all things sport and tackle the big topics. So 4am, the question is, do you stay up or do you get up? No, there? no, 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 you get up. It's yeah. a Saturday night though, Kath. Oh, what are you oh. going to do for three hours? <laughs> Order another pizza and that's another six years. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Got the answer to that question, Kath, last week. That was the uh, Champions League final between mm-hmm. Liverpool and Real Madrid. Did you watch that? Yeah, I did get up. I got up at 5.50 exactly. when, my, my, when my daughter woke up and... And uh, I got her out of bed, and we I watched the basically the second half. Exactly, you're so, a father of two. Yes. You are not staying up till four a.m. No, I was not a reminiscing anymore. about the old days. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, do you let your kids sleep in your bed? 
Uh, when they jump in, or do you? No, it does occasionally. Yeah, yeah, he comes. He knows. He knows not to sleep in at the start, but he does wake up occasionally. If if Florence is crying and he wakes up at four in the morning, he'll jump in there. Please bed. come yeah, in, mate. That's fine. Who's yeah. your favourite kid? Oh Noah! No, I shouldn't say that's a joke. That's a joke. Yes. I'm only stirring. You don't, you don't have, hesitate. You don't have favourites, Kat. What about you? Jersey? You don't have favourites, do you? Favorite? No, I love. You don't have favourites, do you? No, you've got to have a favourite. No, no. 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 I say I you don't have all. a favourite meal. Yes, you do. <laughs> don't uh, lie. Hey, just a little bit of other news we didn't touch <laughs> yes. on early, in particular the state of origin, which is happening on Wednesday night, mm. which has sort of snuck up on us. Kath, a bit of uh, a bit of the yeah, Queensland v New South Wales. We now. like our state of origin. We do like our state of origin. Yep. And if you're trying to think of who to barrack for, it's the same sort of story. The Storm have got four players playing on uh, on Wednesday nights for Queensland. Yep. Xavier Coates, Cameron Munster, Harry Grant, and Felici Kafusi. Mm-hmm. While there's none playing for New South Wales, our man Pat Pappenhausen's still injured, so he's not playing in game one on Wednesday. So night. do you go for Queensland? I'm actually a neutral. I'm one of those people that don't, I don't really barrack for either team. I just enjoy watching mm. the spectacle. So. I was born in New South Wales, so I've always gone for uh, the New South Welshman. Mm. What about yeah. you? you? Same. New yeah. South Wales. I, yeah. Only because I lived in Sydney for a while. Yeah. And I yeah. go, yeah, tr- true blue now. How do you feel about the biff though? When there, when there's always a bit of biff, do you sort of love think, it. oh, cut it out, don't punch each other? No, you love, we love it. Yeah. Let's deep down, everyone does secretly like it. You're just not allowed to endorse it anymore. But they don't yeah. have much of that in the uh, in the state of origin. That's been gone as well. Hey, and just quickly, the golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, our boy Cameron Smith, Leroy. I know you've probably had a little a little bet on him, like you generally do. He's leading the Memorial Tournament in Ohio. He's eight under halfway mark of that. So he's flying again, Cameron Smith, and. Uh, the cricket too. You've been watching a bit of the New Zealand England. Yes, been flicking test a bit. match. So England, new captain Ben Stokes, new coach Brendan mm, McCullum. New era. Same old, same old England. Though. <laughs> they, they, what did they do? They bowled out New Zealand for about 130 in the first dig, and then they were cruising, and then they got they lost a whole bunch of wickets, and now yep. in, now New Zealand are four for 230 after being like three for 60. So anyway, England, are same old England. They haven't changed. They're no good. Hang on, hang on. There's still still a bit to go in this test match. Let's not jump the gun. Okay. Can I chuck in a quick <laughs> pick one for you to think about yeah. just a little bit? Who's the coach of the year so far? Now, Simon Goodwin's coach AFL. Melbourne, obviously in the AFL. They're on top of the ladder, uh, 40 points. Um, we had this debate the other night, actually. Yeah, we oh, had can this I, on the midweek rub. Can yeah. I just um, left field? Is, is Michael Voss? That's not left field. The, co- the coach of the year. Well, I mean, they've won eight games. Melbourne's won uh, 10. Just have a think about that. Come back to us. Who do you think is the coach of the year so far? And I want an answer from you too, Kath. Who do you think it's out of? Justin uh, Longmill, Michael Voss, yep. Simon Good. Yep. Saturday afternoon football begins at Adelaide Oval. The Crows with a big opportunity to secure their fourth win of the season. Tex Walker is back in the side. They host West Coast from 145. Adelaide coach Matthew Nix joins us on the line. Matt, thanks so much for your time. You've had a pretty tough draw in this last month. So games against Geelong, St Kilda, Brisbane and Carlton. Does a win today feel more attainable? Uh, yeah, I, look, I think the competition's so even. There, there are no games... Nowadays, where you come in saying, "Oh, this, this is chalk. This one down as a win," I don't think any side would put themselves in that position um, in this decade. But um, yeah, we have had a tough run. I mean, there's, there's no hiding. We've played a number of sides that are fighting out for the top four, and so that's always a real challenge because you know if you don't put four quarters together, then the result's not going to go your way. So where we we play a side at the moment that's not, not quite managing to get the wins, similar to us. You know, we're not getting across the line. Um, West Coast have been missing a lot of players. They've, they've begun to get a few more back in now. So they, they're going to be super dangerous. They've got premiership 
experience in their side, I think eight or nine players. So it's going to be a, a real tough one for us still. So you were three and three after six rounds, now find yourself three and eight. How do you summarise the last five weeks and how the team's been playing? Yeah, I think, look, you look at the last five, you, you look at it on paper, it's really disappointing. We've, we haven't been able to get a result. But when you step back, and, and we do obviously do a lot of work within the four walls, and you know, we talk about where we're at. We're, we've actually had you know, positive momentum. We're, we're talking through that as a group. You know, we've played some really good footy across this four or five weeks. We have dropped away for a game here and there where the Giants towed us up, um, gave us a lesson of, of what it is to not be ready to play. Um, but for the majority of the games, we've, we've found some really positive momentum. We've seen our, our group develop further. Um, we just haven't got across the line. So we've, we've put a quarter in each of those games out that's cost us the game in the end. Um, that, along with our, our lack of polish, just our ability to finish, put the goal between the posts, um, you know, a little bit too around our, our execution around the ground. So these are areas we're working on. But but we come into today's game with a lot of confidence that our game is is in a good position. It's in good shape. We need to do it for four quarters, though. We're chatting to Adelaide coach Matthew Nix, only a few hours out from their game this afternoon against the West Coast Eagles. Nixie, can you tell us a little bit about the debutant Pat Parnell? Don't know a lot about him, but another another debutant that gets his chance at AFL level. Yeah, Paddy Parnell. He's a uh, was a bit of a cult hero amongst our group. He's because because he's a, a small fella, so you're gonna. Um, people will notice that straight away. He's a Caleb Daniel type size, um, but it's ultimate skills. So, you know, this is a kid who's come to us. We we looked at him and we really liked the way he executed with the ball in hand. He's a ferocious little competitor off ball as well. And we've played him down back across half back as a small defender and looking for him. Yeah, you know, with that, I talk about that polish with our group. We felt like this was the perfect opportunity for him from a timing point of view where our group's at his form as well, that um, he's going to come in and add to our group because he's, if he can, uh, I guess, uh, play up to the speed, it's a huge jump up from SNFL level. But if he's able to, t- you know, take that on board, get a little bit of ball in hand, he's, he's very, very good with the footy. Um, so I'd love to see him have some success. You know, and I'd love to see it start uh, today. So you say he's a cult figure. Has he got quite the personality? <laughs> Yeah, he does. He's a, a little smiling assassin. He's, um, oh, look, he's just a bit of fun. I think the boys, <laughs> we've had a real good season. I was able to, I guess, intro the, our debut player with a, with a sound rather than his name because um, <laughs> he moves pretty quickly. He's got some small little legs on him, but they, they pump like pistons. So, we, yeah, look, he's just one of those guys that, that makes the group better, an outstanding young character, um, one of those sort of players. And you wish it to, for all your players, but I just, you know, you just hope he, he enjoys the the opportunity, enjoys the experience, and lives up to it. What's the sound? Do it, Nixie. You know, it'd be one of those ones. You no, know, if, if a player like this manages to to hit it at the level and make it, you'd love for the, your supporters to get around it. <laughs> yeah, we've seen it way back with Kudafidis and different sounds they 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 bring out. But um, no, he's a ripper. So oh, yeah. I, I didn't. I think. Not sure we quite heard that. So his nickname is Pew Pew, and you and your, and your a quarter time, three quarter time address is like, get it out to Pew Pew. Pew, pew. That, is, that, that must be how it works. Hey, I love the fact that he's got some polish, Nixie, because I watched the game against Geelong last week. I mean, you had the Cats measure around the clearances. You had six more clearances, but you're right. The polish going forward, I think the Cats uh, had 25 more inside 50s. Tom Stewart had an absolute field day back there. And as a young developing side, I get that. A bit more polish and accuracy with your kicking, I think, is the next uh, step um, in your development. Hey,
Hey, uh, we've been talking about Taylor Walker, rightly or wrongly, over the past fortnight over here. We love a bit of contract uh, argy-bargy. Now, clearly, Tex, your former captain, wants to stay at Adelaide. He's been on the record about that. But do you sit down? Do you have a coffee? Do you have a little fireside chat with him this week just to straighten things out? Um, he and I haven't had the fireside chat yet. I'm waiting for the invite to his new yeah. place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it looks, it's a nice it's place nice. he's got there, but too. He has got a very nice new build. But... but um, he knows that, that I want him here. He knows we want him here as a footy club. We've, we go through this. It's interesting because I've been here a couple of years now, and it happens every year. Yep. We, we have this conversation. Um, he's a super important part of what we're doing. This, you know, Developing a young group at the moment, he's critical to that. He's, uh, he's experienced ahead of the ball. I watch him at training sessions, and he's just a quiet word in, in some of our young forwards' ears around little things they're doing, you know, with their goal kicking, little bits about their routine. He's a super important part of what we're doing. And, and these things come up, becomes a huge deal in the media for whatever reason. I, I we need something to talk about, Nick. Jay-Z loves this stuff. Yeah. We, need a, we need a bang on about something. Well, that's the way. we'll get him and we'll sign him on again and we'll go there again next year. Or, <laughs> um, no, we'll, we'll sort through that. We'll make sure that, that he's part of this footy club going forward. But that's just something we've got to work through. And are you enjoying uh, coaching, uh, Matty? Obviously, it's a high-pressure job. You know, you're always under the pump. Um, it's a cutthroat business, win-loss. And, we, um, you know, it is high-pressure. We're talking about the enjoyment and mental health for coaches and players. How are you finding it uh, at the moment? You sound like my mum. <laughs> Take time for you, Maddie. Yeah. She, she lives about four or five hours away from Adelaide, and so she sees results. And um, I think sometimes she she worries about how I'm going. But look, we, I mean, we have a result on the weekend where where some people say, "Wow, you must be close to you know, um, look after yourself." We we have a fantastic group of people at this footy club. Yep. Um, as I said before, we're making you know really good gains. In a lot of areas, yeah, we're not getting a result on the weekend, but that, that changes so fast. I've seen it happen at other clubs where it just clicks that little bit more experience, a bit of time. So I'm loving the job I'm in. I, I love, you know, leading people. I love the group that we've assembled. We've got an outstanding football club, as I said, so I couldn't be happy. I'd, I'd want to be here for another 10 or 15 years. Anything else you want to say to your beloved son, Jay-Z? <laughs> My what? <laughs> beloved son. What do you mean? He just said you sound like his mother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dave, when BT winds me up, my mum sends me a couple of ticks too at times, so I know what that's like. Oh, we all have oh, a little love hearts. Exactly. a little love hearts yeah. on the message. Yeah, Trusty nice. mums. Hey, we appreciate your time just a few hours out from Bounce Down, so good luck today. Thanks, Maddie. No, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks for your time, Matty. Are they on Good track, luck. the Crows? Oh, look, as he said, it, it clicks at different stages. Like some some rebuilds, you know, surprise people and jump a bit faster than some predict. Others take a little bit longer. But when it does, like a, a Melbourne or in a situation like Carlton now, when it does, you're going to be in a position to have some sustained success. So I think it's all different. Oh, look, as we've said, they've, got, they've had a really tough run. Oh, I think that they'll be okay. I think they're well-led. I like Matty Nix as a coach. And, yep. um, I think you keeping Tex? Yeah. Uh, Yes, I would. I mean, it's an awkward one because every every older player goes through this situation where you're out of contract as a, as a veteran. Mm. It's an awkward one because you don't want to re-sign these players too quickly, but you also want to have them at the club for their leadership experience. Remember, we spoke about Pendles last year when yeah. he made a comment about potentially wanting to be a coach and you know, mm. it all got sort of misconstrued that he was thinking about going to another club. So it's it's common. I think sometimes you've got to actually look at and realise what they offer and what they bring to the club, not just on field, but their leadership. You look at David Mundy, what he's doing at Fremantle, Pendles, what he's still doing at Collingwood. I think Taylor Walker would be an asset to keep at that footy club. But you would just wait a couple of more weeks. Well, as a club, it's fair. You, you, yeah. you can wait. I get no the player. The player's urgent because it's a nervous time for a player. You want it's some security and know where your future's at. But Adelaide have got to take their time. 
I think by the sounds of that, he'll get another contract at Adelaide. We have to talk about what happened at three-quarter time last night at Marble yep. Stadium. Headbutt. Yep. Mentioned this earlier. Kath, I think Bailey Smith is set for a two-match holiday. In fact, if he isn't set for a two-match holiday, then uh, the AFL is not doing its job on this. It's fair to say it's an intentional headbutt. This is a specific offence under the uh, the table, the MRO guidelines. So it's an intentional headbutt. Obviously, got Zach Tui uh, in the forehead, so that means it's high. Medium force, I think, is fair in this one, Kath, because it drew blood. You can see Zach Tui comes up and he's bleeding from his forehead. He hits the deck, comes back up, and Zach Tui in his comments after the game tried to square it up and said there was nothing in it. I think this is clear cut. Bailey Smith, would he win their best and fairest? He'd, he'd be, he be very leading? close. I think him and Jack McRae would probably be, yeah. be leading at the moment. So think, that's a big blow for the Western Bulldogs. But it's hard to argue. Oh, I think so. Yeah. It's hard to argue with that. Hey, Kath, the other big news of the, the morning that you broke earlier, the boxing, uh, the weigh-in this morning, George Cambosis, Devin Haney, Cambosis failed. Yeah. To make weight. Can you give us a little so update? So Haney then? came in at one 134.92. Cambosis then stripped off and came in over the limit at 135.36. So he, he was given two hours. So this happened an hour ago. So he's about halfway into it. Two hours to strip that 0.36. So he's on the treadmill. And a man, Cody Kay. Fox Sports News reporter is there. He said there was almost a blue between both camps on stage. So is this a is this a bit of a sign of disrespect when you don't make weight, or, or what's the go in in the boxing world? No, it's just more nervy for Cambos. Otherwise, he can't fight, and he doesn't get the chance, yeah. and he forfeits going for the uh, undisputed title. So big news, but I'm sure he'll make it in the next hour. I just got a picture of him being on some sort of mouse wheel. You know, the mouse on the mouse just wheel going sweating around, up, just sweating up, sauna to the treadmill. Uh, but a nice bit of drama, and that's what happens with boxing. It's all about the theatre sometimes. The sweet starts, Kath. I'm Good. just I'm just reading some tweets here. One from another boxing analysis saying this will have a big impact on Cambos' confidence tomorrow. Mm. So I don't know whether it, it rattles you a bit. I mean, you put so much time and effort into making weights and then it, it would rattle you yeah. for sure. Step back. Anyway, it does add a bit of drama. I like it. 50,000 expected at Marvel Stadium tomorrow for ferocious Cambosis. Um, hey, let's talk a bit of contract yep. news. So Brett Ratton, the St Kilda president, President revealed the other day that they will begin contract discussions with him. So he obviously entered the season without a contract for next year, but with the Saints eight and three. Yeah. Joey, you yeah. think he deserves no, a contract absolutely, extension? Absolutely does. Yeah, he's done a terrific job this season with the group. Um I think they've exceeded probably most people's expectations with where they're at. I heard him speak the other night and he's very set that it's only the halfway mark. They haven't achieved anything yet. He knows how important the back end of the season is for them to put themselves in a position to uh, to try and at least get into a prelim and give themselves a shot at winning a flag. So I think he's done a terrific job. Um, I think it's about the right time now to start those conversations. I mean, unless they fall off a cliff, which is highly unlikely from where they are, he, he should get an extension and continue to lead the club. And a couple of big ticks. I mean, Jack Sinclair, the move to halfback, that's worked. He's in All-Australian contention. I think Max King's gone to another level. That's a big tick. Clearly, the ruck combination's working well, and they've done it without Nick Coffield, Hunter Clark. Yep. So I think uh, the development of the young players, I think it's all good. He's he McKenzie and Mason Wood on the wings and some other things that he's done. He, he's done a really nice job with the group. They're playing great footy. So I think he's uh, certainly, I think, Stuart Dew at Gold Coast, and they've got another game uh, today, isn't it? I yep. think that's a certainty. So I think. Um, um, so, so how many I coaching think, yeah. jobs do you think there will be actually yep. by the end of the year that will be available? Because I think we were talking maybe only even a month ago there could potentially be up to five or six coaching jobs depending on what happened. Now you're hearing you know a lot of 
sort of positivity coming out of West Coast with Adam Simpson. Um, Essendon sounds like they're secure with Ben Rutten, even though they're doing that review. Adelaide's secure with Adel- Nick. Yeah. So how many coaching jobs do you believe, Jay-Z, yep. will be available at the end of the season? I think GWS. Obviously, Lone Cameron's gone, so they want Clarkson. I think the two to watch are Port Adelaide. Mm. Just interesting. If they don't make the finals where there might be a mutual parting of the ways there with Ken Hinckley, I'd love to have Ken Hinckley. I think he's a very good coach. And I think North Melbourne aren't out of, out of the woods. Okay. I think over the second half of the season, we continue to watch that. Clarkson, former North Melbourne player, of course. We said he wants to go to a, a, a premiership contender, but I, I just I think that's going to be really interesting to see how that simmers away. How yeah. many clubs right now do you think are still chatting to Clarkson's manager? Well, the report was up to eight, I think, but that might be you know Clarkson in different roles. I think as a senior coach, um, I think North Melbourne would be talking to him. I think wouldn't shock me if David Kosh had plugged in a call to his uh, manager just as a just due diligence doing your job, uh, Joey. And GWS would obviously be well down that process with him. So St Kilda wouldn't have reached out? I, I think in the background um, the president could talk to the manager and just get a feeling, you know, what, what's his intention. I think that would be okay. I think that's just sort of doing your job. If it went bad for St Kilda and they hadn't done that, you'd be saying, why hadn't you picked up the phone? So, yeah, I, th- I think um, I think they'd be plugging in a call to his manager. What other contract news do you yeah, have? I think um, Aaron Francis is a really one, a really interesting one, and, and name no one's really discussed at this point, uh, Joey. So he was a former pick six. So that goes back to the 2015 draft. Carlton shut the lights out with Charlie Kerno, I think, pick 10, and then Harry, uh, sorry, Harry Mackay picked 10, and Charlie Kerno picked 12. So they got those two spearheads. They're free agents next year, and the Blues are going to have to butter up some big money. Best part of $2 million uh, for those two guys. But Essendon landed Parrish and Francis. Francis had four possessions. In each of his past two games, he started as a backman. He's gone forward, hasn't had the impact. He's now out of the team. If you are Essendon, he's out of contract at the end of the year. Are you, are you showing the faith? Are you keeping the faith with Aaron Francis, or are you dangling the carrot a little bit? And if you're an Adelaide club, he's from West Adelaide. Would you be having a go at Aaron Francis? How do you see his development? Uh, look, his development hasn't come along, I think, as they would have hoped. I still think his best position is as an intercept defender. I can see him as a third tall defender. I don't think he can make it as a forward. I've seen enough of him to think that not quite. Good enough there. But I think another club, I think Essendon would be one that they'd be open to exploring opportunities yeah. if he wanted to go elsewhere. I still think he's got talent. We know he's had some issues, um, but I think I, I think it's worth a risk for another club. But, yep. you know, not much of a pickup. It's not going to cost a lot of money. You might third get up a third-round pick. Round pick yep. And you can have someone that we know a lot of these sort of players can, you know, show some good footy as an intercept defender. So there might be some clubs interested. Probably. I know he's only 24, but I think there's enough body of work where you can sort of say, well, we, you know, maybe we go worth a different... risk for another club. Yeah, yeah we go in a different direction yeah. because you think about it, Harry Jones has probably gone past him. Nick Martin's probably gone past him. So um, he hasn't been able to lock down his spot as a key forward in a team that has really needed yep. a key forward. The other one is Carl Amon Kath. So it's... Uh, yes. um, out of Port, at Port Adelaide, I really rate him. I think all Australian squad uh, last year. I think Carlton is really the one to watch. It's going to be interesting to see how, how they, can they pay for yeah. everyone. Carlton, you just said that yeah. Mackay and Kerno are yep. going to cost them a million bucks each. Yep. they've got Williams and uh, Sard, and they've got Walsh and Walsh. Cripps and Weedering. They've yep. got to pay. Yeah, Weedering we, as well. <laughs> pay them all. I think it means what you have a look is Paddy Dow. So he's a, a early draft pick. You look at maybe Palmy on him, save some salary cap room. Lockie O'Brien, I think Fuji's on a decent money again. I think. Um, you know, you potentially look at your options there. Mitch McGovern, I think maybe there. 
um, you can save some money. Maybe he's not part of their future plans. You've got Weedering. They've got uh, Sam Durden in. Tom DeConey would want to get paid soon. He's going to be a highly sought-after young player. Yeah, so I think it's a Sharon juggling. Hewitt came to the club. That's why you have Jeez. list managers, Joey, to be able to work this stuff out. What took your fancy from the mid-season draft? Anything in particular? I saw Fremantle got Sebit Kuik. I had to do my Highlight reel? Yeah, I think uh, I, I like Jai Cully. I watched a lot of his stuff. He's, he's got a lot of sort of Jai Newcomb about him, a player that I think is good inside but good on the outside, tough, good size for a midfielder. I think he can come on and be a yep. very good AFL player for the West Coast Eagles. Good scenes with all his mates cheering yeah, that's in cool 360 too. as that's well. That's cool. That was good. I like Massimo D'Ambrosio pick for Essendon, the Adam Saad replacement. They need a small forward as well, Jai Menzi. Um, so I think he could potentially play a role, probably a bit more of a punt. Durden is the big watch. Carlton. Carlton desperately need with weedering out. He could play soon. I think he could play in their next game potentially if he can absorb the system and learn the style. I think that – and he did, did he give a bit of a clip to North Melbourne in his interview? Didn't hear it. He said, oh, I've enjoyed my time at Glenelg. It's the best footy environment I've been in. I've really enjoyed my time there. It's, it's interesting that hmm. North Melbourne pick up a defender and Callum Dawson pick two, but yet had already made the decision on Durden who's turned his career around at Sandful now. It's a pickup at Carlton. Why are you smiling? Oh, no, that's interesting. <laughs> there it is. Good point. Mm-hmm. That's a no comment smile, mm-hmm. isn't it? Coming up at 12, Saturday Rub, James Brayshaw, Bernie Vince, Billy Brownless, Wayne Carey, and Damien Barrett. We're going to preview a couple of big games, though Melbourne v Sydney and a top four clash tomorrow in the West. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. The Dead Set Legends. Triple M. It is the first week of the bye round, so three games on today. No overlapping games, which is always a win. So it starts with the Adelaide Crows hosting West Coast and then Gold Coast hosting North Melbourne in Darwin and finally concludes with a cracking game. The Melbourne Demons hosting the Sydney Swans at the MCG. Unfortunately, no Lance Franklin, no Stephen May, but the Demons do welcome, I think, about four premiership stars back into their side. I guess all... Everyone's asking the same question. And how will this formidable Demons team respond following yeah, their first man. loss in 17 games? Ed Langdon, Tomlinson. Ed Langdon back, Tomlinson back, McDonald, Harms, Salem. Look, Melbourne will bounce back. They'll bounce back after their loss to Fremantle. They won't lose two in a row. MCG, Saturday night. They'll be too, too big and strong around the footy, I think, for the Sydney Swans. And even at either end, Sydney are a little bit undersized with their defensive group. Um, and without Franklin in the front half, they might just lack a little bit of punch. So I think Melbourne will take care of business there. Um, in that one. And I think Gold Coast should beat North Melbourne in Darwin and get that record above 500. And I do like Adelaide, but I think West Coast will push them today. I think this is a day that West Coast should be a lot more competitive and at least be a chance in this game. Have you tipped the Crows though? I've tipped the Crows, but I think it'll be close-ish. I think the last seven weeks, Max Lawton came up with this stat for Fox Footy. The last oh, seven weeks. Comes up with a good stat. West Coast percentage is under 40. Now, yeah. The last time a team had a percentage under, under 40. Under 50. Under, under 50, was it? 49. 49, 49 sorry, under 50, right? So no one has done that since the Penny Farthing era. Like, it was yeah. St Kilda yeah. 1901. So yeah, that's, but that's St Kilda had a lot of injuries that year. So yeah, oh, oh, did they? Yeah, really? yeah they yeah. had some injuries. Old Arthur. Uh, what about Hawthorne yeah. Collingwood? So, uh, this is the one that we'll be doing Sunday, rather yes. tomorrow. Can't this wait is a book. for it. Two, two, it'll be a good good game of footy. Yeah. They both play good styles, attacking footy, yep. free-flowing. I think this will be a cracker. It was. I think Collingwood's pressure is, is their barometer, barometer. I mean, I think last week against Carlton, they were really able to knock them off their um, off their rail with that high pressure. And when they get going, they get the chaos. They go uh, quick forward. And Mason Cox, right? So we all put a line through Mason Cox. We thought his AFL career was over. He played best game of his career since the big prelim against Richmond. So when he's clunking it like that, you sort of wonder, well, how's Carlton's defensive structure 
go. You said that's been the big question mark for the Blues too. When Coxie's having a day like that, yeah. if that's when you know they need some reinforcement. Of course, Weedering went down, but it should be an absolute uh, uh, beauty. I think Collingwood um, can get the job done here, and their finals chances aren't over the pie. So it's a big one at the MCG. Yeah, I uh, showed some uh, stuff on Wednesday night. Collingwood have tightened up defensively in the last month. Since that mm. Richmond game when yep. they got exposed, when Darcy Moore copped a little bit of backlash for his role on Tom Lynch and they Jeremy Howe, they've tied up. They've tightened up a bit, playing a bit more one-on-one. That's what's helped them win two games against top four sides. I think they should beat Hawthorne, but Hawks are hot and cold. They're hard to catch the Hawks. Yeah. They could they could play blistering footy, but they could play average footy. So, so it's kind has, of more consistent. Has their defensive improvement changed your opinion on on the pies this season? What, like you were saying earlier today, you don't think the Bulldogs are going to finish in the top eight given their run home. What about uh, no, Collingwood? Uh, no, Collingwood. I don't think will will play finals this their year. Their draw is soft from here, though. Yeah, mm. their draw really opens up. It just show history says uh, not many teams do jump into the eight from here. Uh, there might be one spot available, so it, it could be Collingwood, but it just it's it's going to be hard. So right point. now, what's your what's your change to the top eight? If you've got the Bulldogs coming out, is it Richmond? No, I don't necessarily have the Bulldogs coming out, Kath. Yeah, I, I I think Sydney is still vulnerable. Okay. So the Bulldogs' loss might hurt, but I still think the Dogs might sneak in. Sydney, for me, the vulnerable one. Answering a word, Jordan Nagawi wants a long-term contract to Collingwood. How many years would be giving him? I think it'd be reckless to go give him a bumper five- or six-year deal. Uh, I think not based on the history, I think it's got to be a shorter deal, doesn't it? Three-year deal If for you're looking Nagawi. at it from a Collingwood hat, you yeah. try and you sign him away for three years. Yeah. If it's Nagawi, you probably want five. But I yeah. think maybe somewhere in the middle, three- or four-year deal. Be fair. And one-word answer, Fremantle or Brisbane tomorrow? Good game. I'm going to go Fremantle, but not confident. Tabernard, yeah. Walters, a couple of big outs. So mm-hmm. t- Freo, but not confident. Dockers at home. Yep. Yeah, I've gone Freo too. Breaking news, Cambosas has just made weight, 134.49 pounds. So we have a fight on tomorrow at Marvel All Stadium. Good. Very good. The undisputed lightweight championship of the world. Time for Give Me a Spell. The Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Can I go first, uh, Joey? Because Supermarket Watch is uh, back. Now, you can normally get a cucumber for about a dollar, dollar fifty. He, does, he uh, does all the prices of all the foods. Kathy, if everyone know how much broccoli is, just yeah. ask Jay-Z. Yeah, well, look, you just you need to keep them on their toes. You need to keep them accountable. Because at the moment, cucumbers are $3.50. Now, my kids eat cucumbers as much as they did in the school lunches throughout the week. I'm going through a cucumber a day. Now, you do that five times $3.50 cucumbers. That's $20 in cucumbers a week. That's what I'm, yes, exactly. It raises your eyebrows, and I'm unhappy with it too. So, to the supermarkets, I'm, I'm putting you on notice with the cucumber prices. Okay. Give me a spell. Uh, my Give one, me. Kath, we like full disclosure here when I've mm-hmm. got my horse racing this afternoon at Flemington mm-hmm. in Race 5 South Parade, but I want to give me a spell. How stiff's this, Jay-Z, just quickly? It's meant to run last Saturday at Caulfield. Yep. Drew Barrier, 18 of 18. So, we had to scratch it. Yep. So, what? It's going to run on Wednesday. Yep. Drew Barrier, 14 of mm-hmm. 14. Like Can't it. win from out there. Scratched yeah. it. Today at Flemington, down the straight. Yes. Drawn barrier one, which is the worst barrier down the straight at Flemington. You want to be on the outside fence, not the inside. Probably not going to win today, so I don't suggest anyone backing it, but South Parade, my horse running today. Give me a spell. Just give us a bit of luck. Condolences. Has it it got its head straight, your horse? Finally, it has. It's ready to go this time around. Yeah, it's got its mind on the job now. Good prep. Okay. My give me a spell is the price. It's similar kind of to yours. Supermarket watch. Instead of cucumbers, it's candles. Mm. So I love flowers and candles, make the house smell good, look mm-hmm. good, whatever. Went and bought, topped up on my candles yesterday, got to the till. I bought two candles. Yes. How much do you think it was? Twenty two candles, twenty five, thirty dollars. No, a good candle can cost you forty. She goes, that's two hundred and one. How would you like to pay for that? No what? Way. And I think when you're at the till, you can't back out, can you? No, you can't. You can't go, oh, I'll put those back. <laughs> so I paid 200 bucks yeah, for two candles. Yeah, very that good. Filthy. Give me a spell. Your dead set legend. Triple M's dead set legend of the week. We've been there for it all. Four and 20. Australia's original fan food. Mate, you are a legend.
just quickly, young Jai Hindley that won the Turo, uh, the, yes. uh, the yes. Giro d'Italia during the week. We thought he was going to race in the Tour de France. He'd be our chance to be our first winner uh, in a while, but uh, he's not going to do this year. So next year, but keep and remember the name, Jai Hindley, the young man from Perth. Well done, Joey. Remember the name. 200 bucks. Yeah, no, don't remind me. It's the Saturday Rub up next. Triple M's Dead Set Legends is done for another Saturday. Yeah. So, uh, well done, Joey. Hard work's being rewarded. Just some of my best work. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark, and Fox Footy's Kath Lockman. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. You go for it. We'll be back next week. Make sure you do a little bit of training. Keep yourself in good shape. Don't come back too fat. That was always <laughs> my little one. Dead Set Legends. Triple M.